We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Our fantasy basketball podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for free for a contest entry on them today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined by Benny Ricciardi on every single Monday as we break down the Sunday box scores for fantasy basketball value. And we'll cover the top 10 shooting guard, I'm sorry, top 10 small forward power rankings here as well you can always find benny on twitter at benny r11 and over at roto curve roto wire and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook and you can also follow me on twitter at josh hayes fs and find me hosting the fantasy hoops insider podcast over at the fantasy hoops insider.com benicio what's going on my man not too much i'm uh trying to get over the tilt that i was suffering from nfl yesterday I thought I looked really good after the 1 o'clock games with my Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall jet stacks. Uh And then all of a sudden, Cam Newton at huge ownership goes for 40, and Tom Brady goes nuts at decent ownership. Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin. Yeah, Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh And here I am with like 185 points on DraftKings and missing the double-up line. And I'm like, (laughs) are you serious right now? So it uh, looked like it was going to be a very good weekend, and now I'm just hoping that tonight's game doesn't wind up putting me too far into the red. So I don't know. I'm Like I said, when I score 180 points, my, my worst roster, I do six rosters a week that I usually throw out in GPPs. My worst one has a 172 points on it, mm-hmm. and five of my six are not cashing in most of the tournaments I'm in. So very, yeah. very tilting weekend. The drive machines pricing has gotten out of hand. I've had weeks where I've cashed with, like in a 50-50 with like 123. You know what I mean? Just because like so many people played bad and my, and my stinky guys were less stinky than other guys. So for it to be just got to that level where you're in the 180s to sort of, you know, like 
creep over the double up line, then you know it's just been a pretty sick week oh, in terms of scoring. Like that's the the double up line this week after tonight's game could be one ninety in the in the ma- and I'm not talking like a ten person fifty fifty where you know I happen to be sitting with like eight superstars of DFS and everybody had like big weeks. Like I'm talking the massive five dollar double up. The the line right now is like one eighty six. So by the end of tonight, it could be one ninety to double up. That's just insane. At that point, the pricing has gotten way too soft. Yeah, it, it's it's been really really, uh, you know, um, player friendly. I guess I'll, I'll I'll say, or maybe not so player friendly, depending on how you look for, look at it. When you can roll so many studs into your lineups, it makes it like tough to come up with the, the ultimate combo. But the, at the same time, it's good for casual players because you know the, that allows them to roll their favorite players into the lineup and use more expensive guys. So I understand what DraftKings trying to do. They may have just been tilting the skills a little bit more than we would prefer personally, especially the regular players. So we'll see how it, how it ends up shaking out as we go along. Um, b- before we get into the nitty-gritty here, I want to let you know that the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so, and don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, before we get into the game logs for Sunday uh, action, we're going to go ahead and jump into the news from a fancy basketball uh, aspect here. So the pr- first big piece of news here, Benny, is that the Rockets are reportedly interested in Markeith Morris um, as a trade. Uh, he was a healthy DMP CD on Sunday, and so like he's sort of just worn out his welcome with with Jeff Hornacek. How do you see this end up shaking out, and what would be like a fair trade that Markeith Morris would cost right now? I mean, I don't know, but I would love his fit if he can get into Houston. I think one of the problems that Houston has right now is that they, with Dwight Howard, who's such a dominant big man in the middle, mm-hmm. they kind of almost are a team that's tailor-made to play that, you know, four-out, one-in style of offense where, you know, you put shooters in every corner and shooters all along the outside. Let, you know, Howard be the one guy that kind of roams around in the paint. And, you know, you leave the driving lanes open for guys like Harden or Lawson when he's in there or, you know, whoever else. So, Markeith Morris is a guy who can rebound for him, and he can also hit that corner jump shot if they stick him in a corner and ask him to shoot threes. So I think he would be a great fit. I think it's a really smart move for Houston if they would be able to get him. Now, as for what he would be worth, I mean, I think that at a minimum, you know, you're going to have to give him up. You got to realize that Phoenix doesn't need any more guards, so it's not like you can trade him for Ty Lawson and get rid of that Ty Lawson situation. You're probably going to have to give up, I'm going to think, at least a Terrence Jones, you know, at the very least. And I don't even know if Phoenix would accept a straight-up trade for Terrence Jones. You may have to throw in something else on top of it. Um, But I would think that any trade that gets done between those two teams would probably have to be along those lines. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So Terrence Jones, Clint Capella, some of those guys, Motojunas might be some of those options that are mm-hmm. in there as well. If they get switched over to Phoenix, I'll be interested in any of those guys, like in 12-team leagues and above. Definitely a bump up from Terrence Jones who's sort of seen his value take a hit with Capella in the starting lineup. So, yeah, um, that's sort of the way I, I feel about it as well. And, then you know, obviously you can sort of, you know, have hope from, from him if he gets traded because Phoenix is done with him, especially after the, the way they've been using John Luer. So uh, we'll see how that situation uh, ends up shaking out. It looks like a you know a bad marriage that uh, was never going to go well after his brother got traded, and now he's you know in full pout mode. So he needs, mm-hmm. he needs to move on. But if I'm the Rockets, too, I still think there's more. Like, I'd rather have Terrence Jones on my roster overall for, like, future upside and as, like, from a skill set standpoint because Markeith Morris just doesn't rebound enough. You know, don't you, don't you like... Terrence Jones better as a player than Markeith Morris in in your mind. I do. I don't know about how do you how do you feel about that. I mean, I got to be honest. I I'm a big Markeith Morris fan. I like his skill set, but I I agree with you, and I see where you're coming from there. With he he's basically an undersized four. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't rebound a ton. Yeah, it's on the defensive end. Doesn't block shots. Can score. Can definitely has like can be a volume scorer and is a very nice option as a stretch four. But like he's just not a complete power forward, and in, in in my mind, which is what I don't like about him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I want to see him get closer to eight rebounds a game than five. Yeah, I do. Like I said though, I do actually think that the fit makes more sense for him in Houston than it does for him in uh, you know, in Phoenix. Because in Phoenix, they want a guy who's a more traditional four. So I think that this trade actually makes sense for both teams because I could see 
Terrence Jones playing that more traditional role that Markeith really isn't made out to play. And I could see Markeith being a better fit in Houston because he's able to do that, you know, stretch corner three kind of stuff that, you know, is basically what his strengths are as a guy at his size and with his skill set. So I think that on that level, it makes sense for both teams. You know, the question is, how much does Houston value having a Markeith versus having, you know, Jones? And how much does, you know, the Suns like Jones versus how badly they want to get rid of Markeith? I think that, you know, now that I think about it, actually, because you know that Morris wants out, you probably may even need to see the Suns throw in like a, you know, second round draft pick or something like that or or another guy in this deal in order for you know, the Rockets to wind up taking them. So it, it's an interesting dynamic that this trade is. But I definitely think that the, both teams have the pieces that they're not really using that they can kind of get something done. No, I could definitely see that there as well. So we'll be interesting to see how it ends up shaking out. But definitely, uh, you know, I got that you sort of have to bench until his situation improves with with uh, Markeith Morris. Uh, the Mavs.com are reporting that Devin Harris and J.J. Bray are doubtful for Monday. Not too much upside uh, from those guys t- to speak of anyway. But Raymond Felton, who's been getting big-time minutes, is once again going to be a guy that's probably going to get some some heavy usage. So pay attention to that. Um Baxter Holmes on Twitter is reporting that Kobe Bryant does expect to play against Toronto. So if you're looking for 25% shooting, uh, he's your guy. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure you get him into your rosters. Uh, Tyson Chandler, doubtful for Monday, still batting a hamstring injury. So this is going to be more Alex Len and more John Luer. So um, do you like John Luer as a DFS uh, option today on Monday, by the way, Benny? I, I do, actually. him. I actually like both him and Len. Uh, they're 44 and 4,200 over on DraftKings. They've both been playing, you know, 30, 40 minutes. So if you're going to get guys that cheap that are going to be playing that many minutes, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to they're gonna luck into 20 points, which is really all you need. And they always have the upside to do even better than that. So I'm actually a fan of both of those guys today. All right. Uh, John Wall suffered a knee injury. Actually, his reportedly are negative, according to CSN Mid-Atlantic. Questionable to play on Monday. Um, I think, obviously, if you're in a a weekly league, it's probably safe enough of injury news for you to roll them in your weekly lineups uh, there as well. And John Wall has actually been rolling in a pretty big way on the DFS DFS side, too, uh, as well, Mm -hmm. making himself uh, into, like, uh, one of the top options there as well. So we'd like to see him get back to the lineup. I'm going to – would you fade Wall today? Because he's got a great matchup, but, uh, you know, this injury news is a little bit concerning. How would you treat it? Yeah, I I mean, basically, I'm still kind of waiting to see if they make any announcements about, you know, how how serious it is. If I had him – you know, tonight would probably not be a night that I really want to look at going after him, even though he does have a good matchup. I kind of want to take a wait-and-see approach because you never know. I mean, if a guy if a guy's banged up and he winds up only playing 25 minutes or so and you're playing him in DFS and paying up for him, you know, your, your team's going to lose if you don't get what you normally get out of a guy who's one of the expensive options on your team. So I think I would take a wait and see approach. You're you're saying that they said it's not that serious. Like you would still roll them out because I actually have them in a weekly league and I don't have them in there now. And we have mm-hmm. to have our starters in by you know whatever time the first tip off is on Monday night. And I don't have them in for this week because I was thinking he might miss some games, but it doesn't look that serious. It doesn't look that serious. And the other thing too is like how good is your secondary option too? As long as you have like a super strong guy, you're like teams super deep. It's very tough to fade him, even if he misses one game. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you, the other two or three games, whatever, however many they have on the slate, are going to be so valuable in, in yeah. my mind that you know, like y- y- he can make up for the the cost of a you know whoever your replacement level guy is that oh, comes yeah. in. Then you know, to, well, that's. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I don't know if I would. If it's only going to be one game, I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll him tonight. That's not a big deal at all. Uh-huh. But if he's going to be out for two or three, you know, I would rather, you know, if he's only going to play one, maybe two games this week, I think I would be better off with some of the guys I have on my bench. That's why I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm th- I think I'm gambling for the most part. Okay. Uh, the rest of the news here as well, uh, KCP goes for 22 on 9-4 shooting with four rebounds, two assists, and four steals. Buying or selling this performance because it came against the Lakers, and we know this is where everybody gets healthy and gets hot. Um, not... Uh, necessarily a KCP fan. I know we've talked about this in the past. Do you feel any differently knowing what we know now? Yeah, I mean, I don't love KCP, but if you're in a deep league, he does play a lot of minutes and he does score points, which is basically the only thing that he contributes to your fantasy team. Right. But in a deep league, I think he's somebody that 
you know, maybe maybe isn't starting, but definitely should be on a roster. But if you're playing in like a shallow, like ten man or, or less kind of league, you know, he's probably somebody on the waiver wires that you can kind of leave around there. He he's going to give you a couple points. He's going to play a decent amount of minutes, but he's not really going to fill up the stat sheet or, or really be a huge positive to your roster. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. And uh, updating the rest of the Mavs situation here, Chandler Parsons rested on the front end of the backup back-to-back there, so still sort of uh, you know killing people's uh, fancy leagues with you know this in and out of the lineup in limited minutes overall. Probably a guy that she's sort of looking at the second half uh, there as well. Wesley Matthews on the other guy has been a guy who's rolling, hits ten trays, plays forty-one minutes, thirty-six point six rebounds, five assists. So you should definitely be all in on him. Do you like Wes Matthews in DFS right now? Yeah, I do. Uh, he's his minutes have been up for a little while. He's he's a, he was above thirty minutes. Now with all the injuries they have with like Berea and Devin Harris getting hurt and all that, he's actually even playing closer to forty minutes now. So he's starting to score and he's starting to look a little more like the guy that we remembered him being in Portland, the guy who got that big contract. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was hurt and coming back from injury the whole beginning of the season. So. I do like him right now in DFS at a, at a low price, and I also think he's a good buy-low candidate for your season-long leagues. If there's somebody who's got him just sitting on their bench and they're not using him right now, you know, if you can get him for cheap or as, as a throw-in in a trade for somebody else, I think you're going to wind up with the better end of that bargain right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. And then the last pieces of news here as well, Dwight Powell sitting out with a knee injury. He did have some, like, 14-team deep league value, but he's really been injured, so he's um, out of the lineup. And John Luer comes up here with uh, 10 points, 11 boards, 4 assists, 3 blocks, and a 3 with 41 minutes. So must add uh, across the board. Would you agree in season-long leagues right now while they have Morris on the bench? Yeah, I don't know how this whole situation is going to ultimately shake out, but... As long as he's playing 30, 40 minutes like he is right now, mm-hmm. if he's if he's on your waiver wire and you need some help at the power forward spot, I mean, he's going to get you close to a double-double every night if he's playing 35, 40 minutes. Yeah, so definitely a guy who could be uh, interesting and addable across the board in many, many leagues. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the latest news here. Now, Benny, let's go ahead and jump into the box score breakdown, and we'll, we will start, if we can flip over here, to Phoenix versus Memphis. This is a game that we just sort of already discussed with what happened with John Luer, um, and Alex Len once again makes another start in place of Tyson Chandler, who's still nursing his hammy injury. Uh, your thoughts on this box score? All right, well, before I get into the box score, I just want to say that the last play of this game, the alley-oop dunk with .8 seconds left to mm-hmm. win this game, was quite possibly one of the best endings of a basketball game I've ever seen in my entire life. And I give all the credit to the Memphis coach because that was a great play that he drew up. Basically, um, Jeff Green came up to the wing, looked like he was going to set the screen for Mike Connolly. Connolly wound up backpicking his man. He made a dive straight to the basket. It was a great pass by uh, Courtney Lee. You know, Green went up high, caught it, dunked it over the center. End of the game, the little light on the backboard went off, so... His teammates rushed him like it was the NCAA tournament. It was actually a really, really cool moment. So now, with that being said, um, looking at Phoenix, you know, like we talked about already, you know, as long as you're going to have Laura and Len getting all these minutes, they're guys that you know become viable options that you have to look at. Uh, Brandon Knight and Eric Bledsoe are definitely, if they're on your team, you're probably rolling them out every day anyway. Both guys have been playing pretty well. I don't see any reason not to do that. The guy who's on a lot of waiver wires that has been getting a decent amount of minutes lately and is somebody I think we should probably kind of give our ideas on is Mirza Teletovic. Teletovic, however you say Teletovic, that. Teletovic, yeah. Yeah, he, um, he's been playing at least half a game over the last couple games that they have. And again, I don't know what, what's going on with this whole Markeith Morris situation. I know he's not happy. I know he's been hurt and he's been sitting out. But when he's out, that opens up a lot of minutes for a lot of these other guys. So you got guys like, you know, Mirza, you got guys like Lore, you got guys like Len. You know, these are guys who were playing like 15, 25 minutes a game that are now playing 25, 30 minutes a game. So if you're going to be able to get the extra minutes out of them, and this is going to be a long-term thing moving forward, I think all those guys are viable options to pick up and put on your team if they're sitting on the waiver wire. Yeah, so I totally agree with you there as well. So some interesting uh, things happening in this box score uh, there as well. We got Len in, Len in the mix here, get blocking some shots. Laura will provide some shot block shots. So if you're looking some, for some cheap block shots, we mentioned them. Those guys should have already been picked up or 
Len should have been anyway. But he's looked like Lure. I mean, depending on what they do trade wise, could actually have some some short term uh, value overall. This is a tough game where they almost pulled off the win here, ninety three ninety five. So these look better than they have in the the past few contests there as well. On the Memphis side, I mean, Pagasol went for I'm um, sorry, Marcusol went for twenty two and eight. But everybody else basically did what they do. Courtney Lee popped up with a nice game, but you really can't expect eighteen and six assists going forward. Jeff Green still killing you, playing twenty five minutes, you know ten points five rebounds Zach Randolph with 10 and 9 so you're just not excited about everything overall but they play great team ball which is bad for your fantasy team so mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a box score that we can sort of just leave along and move on to the next one which is much more interesting interesting in the Dallas 116 to 114 win over the uh, Washington Wizards here your thoughts on this box score on Sunday in this high scoring matchup well I mean basically right now I really like a lot of the guys on Dallas, and it has a lot to do with some of the injury situations that they got going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing that pops off the page to me, obviously, is West Ma- uh, West Wes Matthews, who was absolutely on fire. Now he did play forty-one minutes in this game, which had a, again has a lot to do with the fact that you you don't have uh, JJ Barea and you don't have Devin Harris. Or actually, Devin Harris did play in this game. I don't know if he if he re-injured himself in this game or not, <coughs> but. As long as these guys are going to be playing 30 minutes, guys like him, guys like Felton, you know, they're definitely viable options. Like I said, Wes Matthews was somebody they brought in to be a big part of this team. So if you can pick him up from somebody who has him right now, if they're willing to throw him in as an add-on in the trade that you're making, I would take him because I expect his numbers. I don't expect him to hit 10 three-pointers and put up 30 points a night, but I do expect that his numbers going forward are going to be better than they have been up to this point of the season. It seems like he's kind of healthy now, so that's one thing that pops right off the page at me. Another thing that I'm interested to see how it works out is Dwight Powell had actually been playing some decent minutes for this Dallas team. So with him being hurt now, do you think that ticks up maybe, you know, Nowitzki's minutes a little bit? You know, Zaza's been actually playing very well lately. He's been a really solid contributor, putting up, uh, you know, double-doubles almost every game. He actually didn't have a great one here, but he had been playing pretty well lately. And I think that part of that was that they, they went kind of small because Washington yeah, Washington doesn't have a center anymore, so they've been going kind of small. So I wouldn't put too much into the fact that it was a subpar game for Zaza. He's actually been playing really well lately. Yeah, when they play the big centers and Marcin Gortat was out with a personal issue, so he, said, he, he tweeted out or, or responded back that he's going to be back within the next 48 hours. So I guess he's out of the country, so it seems like it's family-related. So, um, you know... <laughs> Uh, you know, thoughts and praise out to for whatever family issue that he has going on must be fairly serious. But looks like he's coming to come back to the lineup. And Zaza would have played thirty plus if Mar if Gortat was in there. So I'm not worried about that overall. And you know, the, the only question I really have about like what we should do in terms of like this box score is, a I'm not buying into Raymond Felton. Uh-huh. Okay, like you can definitely use him right now as a short-term option, but once Chandler Parsons gets going, you're not going to really want what Raymond Felton provides you. So enjoy it while it lasts. Cause it's not going to last forever. But are you fading Chandler Parsons for season long overall? Do you buy low now? Do you buy low in two weeks or a month? Or how do you treat it? I mean, if I'm playing in season long, if he's on my team, he's probably just sitting on my bench right now and I'm right. stashing him. Uh-huh. Um, again, he's another one of those guys that when I look at, when I think about season long and I want to trade for somebody, if you're going to give me a trade, I want a guy who I think is better than the numbers he has shown right now because that means that you're probably not valuing him as highly as I would later on in the season if he gets anywhere near the numbers that we have seen him put up over his career. So I don't know if I'm actively searching out to get Chandler Parsons in there. I don't know if I feel that good about it. But again, he's another one of those guys, just like Wes Matthews, that I said, if I'm making a trade with you and, you know, I can get you to throw in that guy for somebody that maybe I have who, you know, like if I have Raymond Felton right now and you wanted to trade me two guys who are pretty even and we go two for two and I say, hey, I'll trade you the guy that you wanted and Raymond Felton for the guy that I want on your team and Chandler Parsons and you're okay with it, I'll gladly give up the guy who, like you said, in, in another three, you know, another three or four weeks could be completely irrelevant. I'll gladly give that guy up for the guy who's playing like trash now, but who I know will probably have more upside later in the season. But other than that, I'm not actively searching him out to try to get him on my team. And if he is on my team, he's probably just sitting on my bench right now waiting for you know the time when he gets a little bit 
more back to the old guy we remember before I roll him into my roster. All right, that makes a lot of sense for me. So I could see that as a potential, you know, uh, play that you need to make. Let's talk about uh, the next game on the tap on tap here. Golden State Warriors uh, continue their thousand game running streak, twenty two and zero now. Uh, 114-90 over the Brooklyn Nets on the road uh, once again. Your thoughts in this matchup? Brooklyn actually made this a game at halftime and, and throughout the third quarter were, were opened up like a five-point lead on the, on, the, on the Golden State Warriors before the Golden State Warriors decided to get real and um, show them what their, how their you know, second, second unit is almost as good as some, some team's starting lineups. So uh, your thoughts on this uh, game and box score for Sunday? Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's tough it's really tough to even talk about the Warriors games because I feel like they're just so much better than everybody else right now in the league that you don't really get a fair description. So the Nets kind of did a good job of keeping it close. I mean, I think you got to be pretty happy if you're able to keep it close in the, in the first half like they did. I don't think anybody expected them to win this game. Uh, one guy who's kind of jumping off the page at me because his numbers lately have been nearing the triple-double status that they you know, have been at different points in his career. I feel like Draymond Green, who nobody's really talking about, is quietly playing some of the best basketball that he's played in his career again, which is actually saying something because he had a really good last season as well. He's put up close to triple-double numbers in a lot of their recent games. And the thing I liked about this game is he actually scored too. Uh, Had 22 points here, which is usually the category where he lacks in. Had nine rebounds, had seven assists, so... He's playing absolutely great. Again, if you have him, he's probably somebody who should be on your roster anyway. So that's kind of the way I view that. Clay Thompson is starting to score a little bit more. I think he's had to with guys like Harrison Barnes being out. So he's getting a few more of those shots that I think Barnes was kind of splitting with him a little bit earlier in the season. Um, So I think Clay is somebody who's probably worth a little more right now. If you have him in season long, I do think that Barnes will be back. I don't think that you know, you're going to get the season that you had last year out of Clay Thompson. So if he starts having a, a good string of games and you can, you know, get rid of him and get somebody else on your team, you know, that you're not taking like a big hit for, I think that now might be the time to start shopping him and seeing if you can get rid of him. And uh, if you have Steph Curry, he should be in your roster every day and you shouldn't even have to think about it. So that's pretty much what I see from the Golden State side of it. Yeah, and then just taking a look at from the Brooklyn side there as well, Shane Larkin continues to provide some value off the bench there. Um, also, six assists, not a lot of scoring overall, but um, uh, sorry, I clicked on the wrong thing. Yeah, four steals as well. He's been very active on the defensive end. Good shooting percentage overall, five of nine, one or two from three. So this is a nice, nice sneaky like a backup point guard that you should roster behind Jared Jack, who is known to get injured. Jared Jack actually had a bad shooting knife, but otherwise was was uh, playing fairly well, distributing uh, at a decent clip, getting Brook Lopez involved. Thaddeus Young had one of his better games um, of the season, 25-14, and 14, just monster performance. Kept them in and actually helped them take the lead over there in the third quarter. So, I mean, if you own Thad Young, then, you, you know, you've derived – um, some good value overall. You definitely beat the price tag overall. Um, and then the rest of these guys, you're probably just not too much interested in. Joe Johnson doing Joe Johnson things, you know, scoring nine points and five rebounds, continue to check steal. Um, and, uh, you know, the other uh, situation that they you sort of had there, uh, it's a shooting guard position. Rondé Hall Jefferson's been out of the lineup, and he was a guy that you could sort of ca- kind of count on for at least 30 plus minutes. And they put uh, Bogdanovich in there, and he does nothing five points, four rebounds. So, Another mm-hmm. another monster performance for the Golden State Warriors. Another bleh performance by a bad uh, Brooklyn Nets team. All right, um, then we're going to move on to the next box score here. L.A. Lakers um, make it a contest, <laughs> so to speak. There, they only lose by twenty to the Detroit Pistons. There, one eleven and ninety one. Your thoughts on this box score? Yeah, I mean, th- listen, the Lakers are one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So anytime you got guys going up against the Lakers, if they're on your bench and you play in a league where you can, you know, sub guys in and out daily and, and play matchups and stuff, or if you're looking for a streaming option so that you can, you know, get up to the required games played at any position for, for a given week or something in your league, you know, the Lakers are a team you should be looking to stream guys against. I think at just about every position, guys are outperforming against the Lakers. I know centers do, point guards have. I could assume whether Kobe's listed as a shooting guard or small forward, whoever the offensive player on the other side against him is doing pretty well lately. So that's pretty much what I get out of this. I don't get too excited about 
you know, seeing like, you know, a good game at a KCP or anything like that against the Lakers because, you know, we've seen a lot of guys kind of break out of their funks when they play against the Lakers and then the next game go back to, you know, being the guy who was a borderline fringe guy that should be on the roster. So that's pretty much the only thing I take away from this game is the Lakers are bad. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Julius Randle only played 24 minutes but double-doubles, so I still like that. I think he still is like a sneaky DFS option and somebody who's trending upwards. Um, Kobe Bryant, I like that he got held down to 25 minutes, 2 of 15 shooting. So, I mean, that's juicy. By the way, I don't know what you expect from uh, of that, but, you know, D'Angelo Russell actually played – like well as from an efficiency standpoint did turn over the ball four times with just three assists you know and then jordan clarkson uh, you know plays the most minutes and you know doesn't do a whole lot it didn't shoot well but nobody really did uh on this team except from aside from you know julius Randle who went five of nine roy Hibbert who went three of five he only gets five shots so um yeah just performance to forget overall on on their side and you know like i said when so- somebody performs well or does you know or doesn't perform well whatever against lakers you sort of had to just set it aside anthony tolliver had like a nice little you know, game off the bench but you don't trust that production and Ursan Ilyasov was getting hated on once again, but maybe this is sort of somewhat related to the blowout. Just 12 minutes, seven points, one rebound. If you own him, good luck with what you're going to do with him. Because I mean, he's... I you know what? I actually want to talk about this because I've been tracking this because I do own him in a league. I think it's time to get rid of him if you own him. Sure. Because I, I mean, he's just at the beginning of the season. I was expecting him to play 25 to 35 minutes a game, you know, probably 28 minutes somewhere in that range. Probably like 28 to 32 would be a better way to describe it. I figured he'd get you some jump shots from the corner, probably get you 10 to 12 points a game, grab five or six rebounds, you know, get a steal, a block, maybe even a couple assists because he can pass the ball well. But for whatever reason, they have decided that they're almost going to go with like, you know, again, Andre Drummond in the middle, four guys on the outside. They have a Morris brother, too. He's perfect to stand in the corner and shoot threes. And then they kind of have been going with, like, Stanley Johnson and Morris on the court at the same time at the forward spots lately. So if that's the case, the odd man out is Ersan. And, I mean, the production that he's given you or the production that he hasn't given you to this point of the season is nothing to write home about. So I think there are definitely better options out there on your waiver wire at this point that you got to start considering. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. When you sort of knew this was happening because it's happened at every single spot that he's been at. You know, he's mm-hmm. played, played bad enough defense or just done yep, the wrong things yep. on offense to play him out of a role, and he's done it once again. So, absolutely, absolutely right. Like this isn't this isn't the first time we've seen the Arison story play out this way. So, if you drafted him or picked him up or whatever, you 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 should have already knew. What, what, you, what you're getting into because he's the model of inconsistency but as soon as you drop him guess what he's going for 30 and 10 <laughs> yes. so, so, yeah just yeah you're at, it, it's mad, like you're absolutely right it's maddening because you know the guy has the ability he just he can't consistently show it to you and every single coach who's ever coached him has hated him because he always winds up like Oh, this is going to be the Ersan breakout year. He's yeah. going to get 35 minutes a game. He's going to be a you know 20 and 10 guy and blah blah blah. He's so good. He can shoot the ball and you know by the middle of every season he's down to you know yeah. coming off the bench, playing sparse minutes, not getting any shots, not getting any rebounds. Like just and and it's not the first, like you said, it's the third or fourth time it's happened on the third or fourth different team, and you know. I, I got suckered in at the beginning of the year. I mean, he was a late-round flyer, so, you know, it's not like I invested a, a fifth-round draft pick in him or anything, but at this point, I, I, I really don't think he ne- he needs to be on your roster anymore. I think there are definitely better options. I definitely agree with you there as well. So, um, you know, you, you did it to yourselves. <laughs> Sorry to say. We don't mean to we be did. We don't, we don't mean to be mean, but the, the truth hurts sometimes. All right, last game on the slate for Sunday there. The Sacramento Kings lose a heartbreaker, 95-98. This is a game where they outscored uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, outplayed them in the fourth quarter, but could not hold on to the lead. Um, Oklahoma City goes, moves to 12-8. and eight. Sacramento down to 7-15. to 15. There, your thoughts on this box score? Uh, let's see. A um, couple things here. This game was a lot lower scoring than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really look like anybody had great numbers. No. Uh, on the Sacramento side, I have to say, you know, I, I was wrong on Rajon Rondo, but if you were a, one of those guys who picked him up early on in the year or if you drafted him late, I mean, the guy just puts up seven or eight rebounds a game. He puts up ten assists a game. He puts up, you know, seven or eight to ten points a game. Again, seven points, ten assists, 
nine rebounds. And it's not like that's a once-in-a-while occurrence. Like, it's pretty much standard ho-hum. That's actually a bad line for Rondo. Let's yeah, put it that way. Sure. So, you know, if you got him on your team, congratulations. You, you probably are going to be winning or close to winning one of your leagues because he was probably a late-round addition, and he's playing like, uh, you know, like the guy we remember from Boston a couple years ago. Yeah, provided you could stomach the three, the, the free-throw shooting, which is still bad, by yes. the way. But, yes, uh, aside from that, yeah, you've – Definitely profited in a really big way. Um, the only thing I'm going to really take away about this right now is DeMarcus Cousins is in an absolute slump all right, for two straight games, and he's the main reason they they lost the last couple games um, because they could have, you know, I don't know what it is with this 5 or 20, but he's pouting. He's not happy. He's not performing well. I don't think he's, I mean, nine free throws. Um, for him to miss, to go three of nine from the line, he really is in some sort of weird funk right now, and it's costing them games because the last couple of games were, were were winnable against Houston and Oklahoma City. To to and they've uh, sort of were in the mix on both games and actually had the leads at some point in the fourth quarter on, on both these teams. And he has been somebody who has not chipped in and contributed uh, there as well. So if they are able to ever to get him on track, whatever they need to do, he's the reason. Uh, that uh, that that team is slumping. Having said that, you might want to just check in on the Demarcus Cousins owner and see what it what it costs. Because if he costs some 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 teams like some wins in head to head leagues, or the team somebody's really frustrated by the like the bad level of play that's going on from him, you know, or, or they're concerned that there's, there's something wrong, maybe you can sort of sneak in with some value. You you shouldn't be able to. Somebody should realize that it's just a slump. But you know, definitely worth uh, checking in on on as well. Um, the the rest of the things to note here, though, as well, is, um, you know, Enos Cantor does damage in 19 minutes, which is awesome. 10 points and 14 points. You're really sort of concerned about that there as well. Steven Adams is still a, you know, glass-cleaning monster. And everybody else just does their thing. Kevin Durant actually was a little bit off and turned over the ball way too many times, which kept the Kings in games 10 turnovers. But aside from that, you know, Russell Westbrook triple-double, blah. You know what I mean? We're used to that. Uh, there, everybody that you own in Oklahoma City that has value, you're still playing. Um, and Dion Waiters, uh, good luck with your two hundred twelve. Yeah, um, even if you have everybody on OKC and Dion Waiters, you don't play Dion Waiters. Yeah, right. I, 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 he is probably one of my least favorite players in the NBA. I think he is so overrated, and I don't even think people rate him that high anyway. Yeah, and the other thing too is like if you're in a league that um, like. The best player available is Deion Waiters. You still don't pick up Deion Waiters. No. Okay. Did you did you hear that? I know it's a little off topic, but did you hear the comment he made about accepting a max deal somewhere? I forget what? exactly where. Was this where in the D League? Is a max contract in the D League? I uh, know this was like somebody was talking to him about what he was going to do when his contract was up in OKC, and he was and he said something along the lines of like like maybe I want to say my, it wasn't Miami but I I feel like it was a nice weather place and he goes oh yeah I wouldn't mind playing there he's like you know I'd definitely go accept the max deal there when they offer if they offer me one and, and I'm and I'm sitting here saying to myself like like are we talking about the same deal am I am I thinking about the same guy that he's thinking about like a max like that was the part that got me I don't care like oh you can go play wherever you want when your contract's up I don't care but. He actually said a max deal with a straight face. Like, he was expecting somebody to offer him, like, six years, $150 million. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I'm like, so, anyway, um, he's a little bit delusional. He definitely thinks he's a lot better than he is. A little bit. Shoots, shoots way too much for my liking. And, like I said, I, I don't even want him on my If he was on the waiver wire, I wouldn't even pick him up. This is the thing. You're like, Deion Waiter's shot selection um, makes uh, J.R. Smith look selective. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's where we're at with this. It's not good, and you know, but he's really he really is a chucka, as I like to say. Well, like so. Westbrook, Westbrook took 13 shots. Durant took 13 shots. Yeah. To me, I think that's a little bit low for both of them. It I would is. like to see them both take more shots. The third highest number of shots on the team was Dion Waiters at 12, and look what happened. They almost lost to Sacramento. Uh huh. It's like that's you know a problem. That is a problem. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 1,000%. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for the box scores there as well. Hopefully we give you some some points and, and some tips for you to sort of take a look at as where as to where you can, you know, spot some value and sort of improve your rosters. Now let's go ahead and get into the small forward power rankings for this point in the season so far. So we're going to exclude guys that are actually have dual eligibility because Yahoo's sort of liberal that way and talk about true small forwards. You, you give me your top 10 and then I will chime in. Okay, well, 
let's go with the top five first, and then we'll go with the second five, because I think there's a clear line of delineation between the top five and everybody else. Breaking out the big words here, delineation. All right. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm educated. <laughs> okay. All, All right, right, so to me, I have LeBron as number one. Okay. Um, I know some people might say they like Durant better or whatever, but to me, LeBron is still arguably the best player in the NBA. Sure. The argument has gotten a little bit cloudier, but to me, he's still the best player on the, in the NBA when he wants to be and when he turns it on. Yep. So I have him at number one. Now, I have Durant at number two with Paul George at number three. Okay. Again, I could even understand some people saying, depending on how we word this, is this the top ten small forwards so far this year? Is it the ones going forward? Is it, you know, for the yeah. rest of their career? Like, Let me just stop could... you there for a second, okay? Go ahead. If we're talking about right now, um, which I think we should, okay? Okay. Um, Paul George is beating Kevin Durant, okay? Yes. Um, but it's no one will be surprised, and I actually expect Kevin Durant to beat him by season's end. Is that fair? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is if we're talking about like no, up to this point, George has been better. Yeah, let's just. But go, if we're like, talking about like right, who do you, yeah, who like, do you want on your fantasy team going forward? Right. Go, I still think I would lean Durant. I would lean Durant too, but I'm just saying like we have to say this is this is just all about who's doing what right now, okay? And then you know you can sort of factor a little bit in like you know future value, but like we, we, let's give credit to the guys who've performed the best. Yeah. So in that case, I mean, Paul George has been amazing. Yeah. So you can move Paul George ahead of Kevin Durant right now. And anybody who wants to argue that Durant's having a better season right now hasn't been watching NBA basketball this year. That is true. You could honestly even maybe make the argument that Paul George is number one right now. LeBron, yeah. Yeah. Because he's playing more minutes. He's, I mean, if we're talking just right now, that's even an argument you can make. And now, number four on the list is another guy who you could put up there with the top two guys if we're talking about right now, and that's Kawhi Leonard because he's been playing absolutely out of his mind lately as well. Yes, agreed. So those are my top four. Like I said, to me, LeBron is one. You know, If we're talking about for the rest of the year who I'd rather have on my season-long team, I give Durant a slight edge over Paul George, but I'm not going to be upset with either one of them. And then I have Kawhi Leonard a notch below those guys, but the distance between those guys and Leonard is rapidly closing. Yes. Razor thin. Yes. It it used to be much bigger. It's not as big as it used to be anymore, especially for fantasy because he's scoring and he's doing all the other things that he's always done well too. And he's the only guy on the Spurs who does get 35 minutes a game. You know, everybody else plays 18, 25, 22. You know, he's the, he's the guy that can hold up to the 30, 35 minute workload. Absolutely. So then number five, the guy who I have rounding out the list is Carmelo Anthony. So okay. to me, those five guys are a step above the next tier of guys that we're going to talk about. All right. You are right. You are yes. right with that as the top five with you all the way. OK, so now we get into a bunch of guys who we can kind of, you know, argue a little bit about where we would rank them. So I'm going to throw some names out. If you have any other ones to add, add them in. And then, you know, we'll kind of talk about who we have six through ten. So I think Nick Batum, if you're going to consider him a small forward, is somebody who we should have in the the 6 to 10 range. Yes. Um, Gordon Hayward is somebody who I have in my 6 to 10 range. Okay, definitely get to tick up now with Gobert out and Mm -hmm. all the injuries they have, but I like them anyway. Um, Andrew Wiggins, when healthy, definitely somebody who's in that range for me as well. Yep. Uh, Giannis and and, uh, I'll let you say that last name. I never say it. Atentacumpo. And, all right, so he would be another guy that I put in that six to ten range, probably more towards the bottom right now. Yes. Um, maybe like a nine or ten, like kind of just like he's one of the ones you can argue whether or not he's in or he's out. Uh, Tyreek Evans, another guy who now that he's healthy and back to playing, I mean, he showed us in his first game back where he, you know, scored his eighteen to twenty points, had his eight, you know, six to eight assists, double double out of the last rebounds. three, yeah, double. Yeah, two. I mean. Playing thirty plus minutes, yeah, he's been a monster in three games. He's cracked the top ten. That's how uh, valuable he is as as a small forward because he's really like a point small forward. He plays with, mm-hmm. he handles the ball so much when he's on the floor there as well. So I definitely like him. I would take him over at Tentagumpo right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I I think I would agree there. And then uh, two other guys who I had that I'm 
I was arguing for the bottom of the list. Um, Robert Covington has been playing phenomenal since yes. coming back from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And the other guy who I think you got to consider is Danilo Gallinari as well. Yep. You know, for the, for the bottom of that list. Is there anybody else that I forgot that you would uh, that you would add to that as well? Well, um, I, th- I thought we could have potentially made a case for like a guy like Damari Carroll, but I don't really like Damari Carroll over some of these guys um, right now that are um, pot- uh, as potential options. Rudy Gay is a guy who's like got the talent to play in the top ten, but hasn't oh, yeah. performed in the top ten overall. He's not bad. You know, it's like the numbers are decent: eighteen point four games, six point seven rebounds, shooting forty five point seven and eighty four from the line. Um, but I just need a little bit more. I need like 20 points per game and, you know, seven and a half boards or eight boards or something like that for me to just vault him into the mix over like, you know, Swiss Army got knife guys like, you know, Tyreek Evans who's going to rack up a ton of lists, a ton of assists and get you a bunch of double doubles and Tentacumpo who might block you three or four shots or three or four steals um, out of that group too. And then there's like, you know, so Damari Carroll could have been better, but he just hasn't lived up to the top building at and uh, over there in Toronto. And then you have a couple other guys on the outside looking in, like um, Trevor Reza, Tobias Harris, and so to me, Rudy Gay is like number eleven uh, on this group. And it, like in the whole, in the all like all disappointment team uh, um, over there as well, uh, Nikola Mirotic, who's actually a four, I guess. So maybe we shouldn't, you know, put him in this group. But like if we did consider him a small forward, he's disappointed on a, on a huge, huge level. So, but I love your Covington call, Covington. Um, obviously deserves it especially um you know with the him leading the league in steals that's where he's providing one of the main sources of fantasy value does need to shoot better mm-hmm. than 39 percent uh yes. so overall and he will he's just you know just need to be make a few more shots and be a little bit more selective so um yeah um for the most part i think i'm uh uh fine with that overall so if you had to here's here's a, like the litmus test for you right now you have to take one guy for the rest of the season okay you take rudy gay or Robin, robert covington I take Covington because he's the number one option on that team. And well, honestly, he, right now I, I have to disagree with you there. You, it, to me, it's Jaleel Okafor. Uh, I, 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 he's the number one. Yeah, but I mean, because then that would be the same as me saying that with Boogie. I think that. Well, let me let me let me say it this way then. Rudy Gay for me seems like he almost doesn't want to be in Sacramento. The numbers the, are fine with Rudy Gay. He's not underperforming. He's you know just not blowing anybody away. But. Here's my thing is Rudy Gay has worn out his welcome basically everywhere he's been. And right now I feel like watching and I'm just saying just watching him play. You know, you watch him play, it almost seems like he doesn't want to be out there. And I'll give you a couple examples of what I mean. The other night when he was playing the power forward spot, you know when like somebody takes a long rebound and there's nobody on the other team under the basket to go get the rebound and like, you know, a guy'll just grab the rebound right there. Like, he wasn't even trying to, like, grab it. He was just like, I'll let one of my teammates go get it. Now, again, there's nothing really wrong with that unless we're talking fantasy value, which is what we're talking right here. You know, like, a guy like Dennis Rodman used to go grab every single one of those rebounds because he wanted the rebounding numbers. A guy like DeAndre Jordan, you know, it's kind of like the argument we had earlier in the year with with Blake Griffin. It's not that Blake can't get 10 rebounds. It's just that... He's comfortable letting Jordan rack up 15 or 17 rebounds because it makes him look better, you know, when he goes to contract time to say he's an 18 rebound, you know, 18 rebound a game guy or something crazy like that. Like, it just seems like Rudy Gay's not motivated to just go and get that rebound. It also feels to me like he's not getting good shots or working hard enough to get the good shots that he wants, which again, I have no idea what's going on. And this is just me from having watched a couple Sacramento games recently. But for fantasy, those are big deals for me because if he's not going to be going and getting that extra rebound or two and he's not going to be working to get an extra shot or two, do I really want to have him on my team? Whereas I could have a guy like Covington who, like you said, is one of the better defensive players in the league, could actually win me the steals category with you know, the steals games that he's been putting up lately and is actually more assertive on the offensive end where he's actually looking for a shot and looking to score and looking to point points up. So that might be a better argument for it, but it still stands that if I have to choose between Covington and Gay, I would rather have Covington for the rest of the season than Gay. All right, fair enough. I think that makes a bunch of sense uh, from my perspective. So this is the way that I'm looking at it here. Um, 
either way, this could go. This could go either way. One for me to keep Robert Covington above Rudy Gay, he has to shoot better than this, and he's got to score more than fourteen per game. But the steals, um, and the, he's got to cut down on the turnovers a little bit too. So uh, if he could be a do-it-all guy, like sort of what Andre Iguodala used to be in Philly, he would be super valuable. Okay, because um, he's shooting a good free throw percentage, which means he has it in to be a better shooter. He just needs to do it you know be a better shooter be more selective and make better shots um he also hasn't played a full slate of games so i don't want to be too harsh on him he was injured for a good part of the season the other end of it too is whenever demarcus cousins exits the lineup which is quite often he's already missed two different stints with the kings with injuries rudy gay steps up on a serious level and then starts performing like a team usa player there as well so you have that sort of upside built into him uh, and he's just going to have some of those games where he just goes off because he's a natural scorer so that's it, that's sort of the tiebreaker there. Covington needs to shoot better, but Rudy Gay is going to have that opportunity to be the man here and there with Cousins on the court, and especially is the man when Cousins isn't on the court. So uh, you can slice it two different ways. It's sort of, I think he's sort of um, tiebreaker for me. I trust Rudy Gay a little bit more, you know, because he's. I mean, right now he's getting you eighteen and six, which is basically what he's been for his entire career. Covington has the upside to be that if he can figure out a way to be a better and more efficient scorer. So. We'll see how it ends up shaking out. I'm going to call it 10 and 10A and 10B. I can't even decide. All right, that is going to wrap it up for today's show. A reminder, you can always subscribe to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher for your download and convenience. want to quickly let you know, though, as well, that you can subscribe to the Rotowire Projection System for free. You can, if you want to check out your season-long stats, get all the latest updates, news, projections, uh, top players to pick up. All that information is available for free on a 10-day trial at rotowire.com slash pod. We have a lot of lineup optimizers for all you DFS players there as well. So if you're playing daily fantasy basketball and you want to get some some top projections and tips, get a free 10-day trial at rotowire.com slash pod. Don't forget, you can follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11, and you can check me out on Twitter as well at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. wearing your hair down tonight yeah because i finally decided that i love my hair i figured out the solution for my morning frizz midday poof and even next day bedhead it's frizz e secret weapon touch-up cream by john frida will you and your hair look flawless flawless and touchable feel see it's soft smooth ends no flyaways shiny well i clearly need to get some because your hair looks amazing frizz e secret weapon only from john frida Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.